0: Welcome to the Golish News Sports Podcast. I'm Sports Editor Greg Kime, and with me, virtually at a social distance, is Sports Reporter Austin Huff. Austin, we're, we're still practicing those things, and glad people to know that. Yes, you know our
1: our boxes here on the Zoom page are not six feet apart, which I feel like they should be trying to practice it even on Zoom. But also, our phones are only you know 18 inches wide or whatever right. so it's hard to be six feet away on a screen so you know but you know a for effort i guess on uh, zoom's part so yeah. yeah we are recording this virtually live
0: somewhat um from our respective places of living right so and our producer Sheila Selman is also social distancing she's at home she waves she waves hello because podcasting is visual medium
1: Well, Greg, this week, actually last night, this morning technically, we crowned the uh, bracket winner of our local sports greatest of all time figures and uh, prize winner
0: to say the least. Yeah, Uh, local racing legend Charlie Hanna defeated NBA All-Star Sean Kemp. And this this surprised me. The margin he defeated him one seventy three to sixty eight.
1: Yeah, Charlie Charlie had the consistently the strongest uh, fan support. Definitely a lot right. on Facebook. He helped get some of his friends to vote from the racing community, and uh, he rode that wave of momentum to a to a championship. He beat a couple. He beat a couple heavyweights, in my opinion. He beat Rick Meyer in the uh, Elite Eight. And then he beat Lindsey Banco in the final four, who, you know, right. was a medalist. So, you know, he, he, he did some damage, Charlie Hanna. He, he uh, knocked off some big names. And then obviously beating Sean Kemp right. was uh, no, no small feat as well. So,
0: and the, uh, the uh, Napanee area showed up, too, because actually Charlie's closest matchup with all the rounds was in the third round with Amy Zurker mm-hmm. former Northwood High School girls basketball player. He, he only beat her 73 to 60. Yeah. So, was, closest matchup.
1: Yeah, it was pretty interesting to see the – we, you and I at least saw the full results for the first time today, round by round, and, and we'll be posting those online, actually, with the story about Charlie. Uh, so, I uh, thought it was interesting to see that breakdown of the vote by vote, round by round votes. It was. Yeah, so, and who voted? It looked like Northwood, you know, showed up big time. So, yeah interesting breakdown but you know hannah rode that uh momentum and the campaigning and everything to a, uh, a victory and uh in the local goat bracket so congrats to him
0: this this was kind of an interesting statistic, statistic too when i saw the age breakdown on the votes yeah the bulk of the votes in this thing came in three categories uh, forty-three to fifty-two. There was one hundred and eighty-four people. 50, 53 to 60 There was one thirty-two and thirty-three to forty-two. There was one hundred nine people. hmm That's where the, of the votes came from.
1: Yeah, that many people my age apparently wanted to vote in this thing. So too many steps. Yeah. Too many steps you gotta click on a link and then you gotta sign into an account. That's too
0: much work for my for my so, generation. Well, the so exact opposite of that there would no. be the younger people that would be involved in the internet voting and, and maybe maybe if
1: we had you know people like charlie yoder or bronson yoder or femi hollinger jansen from bethany maybe if we had younger people in the bracket you know maybe more young people would have voted uh you know i think a lot of young people click on the link and they see black and white pictures and they're like i don't care about these people they played 50 years ago you know outside of sean kemp right and like rick meyer like does anyone really have brand name again that of the black and white era, black and white picture era I should say. I put that in air quotes, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that I think that plays a factor. You know, I think it played a factor. Yeah, it did. If, if it was more accessible in the sense of like again, my generation's kinda lazy. So like if it was just a Twitter option, right? I could just hit a button on Twitter and that's how my vote was cast, maybe more people my age would have voted. Who knows? So Again, too many steps. Too many steps. The
0: other stat that I thought was interesting, and Sheila will enjoy this: more more females voted than males. It was forty-nine point four percent to forty-eight point nine percent between female and male voters. Wait, forty-nine to forty-eight?
1: Yep. How did? Where's the other like one percent? There was one point
0: seven percent. One point seven percent of the people chose not to answer the gender. Ah,
1: okay. So I'm like, wait, that doesn't add up to a hundred percent. I didn't even know that it's possible that aliens vote. I didn't say that, that if aliens are getting in the in the voting uh, you know, it's a- almost like a election. So who, who no? knows
0: where the internet goes sometimes.
1: I didn't know I didn't know people in uh, uh, who who had recently passed away also voted in this. So I would have been confused. So well,
0: it's hard to say because we had a total of five hundred and eighty he said the people cast 8,393 votes. Which means, I feel like it
1: means there are a lot of repeat voters, which is good, you know? So people who started with the first round stayed through to the first, to the end. A uh, couple exceptions here and there, but, you know, for the for the 500 plus people that voted, we thank you. Uh, we're glad you enjoyed following along this bracket. Hopefully, you know, didn't fill the void completely against CAA March Madness, but hopefully it filled it a little bit, just yeah. being able Look back, and I learned a lot, too. I mean, I learned a lot about different people from our area and uh, different sporting legends I didn't even know existed.
0: There were sports before your lifetime, right, Austin?
1: I'm aware. I'm not, uh, I'm not oblivious like that. So baseball didn't start in 1994, right? No. Technically, there was no World Series champion the year I was born. There's that. Well, there may not be this year, too. You never know. <laughs> That's crazy to think about, isn't it?
0: Yeah. You know.
1: I'm looking back at record books in like 20 years from now. It's going to be fe- like just really interesting to look at anything that happened in 2020 or, you know, like, yeah, it's just going to be crazy to look at. So yeah. Anyway, enough of that coronavirus stuff for, yeah. that's bad. It's making me too sad. Um, well, while, while one Monday, Monday afternoon slash night was a great night for Charlie's apparently. Uh, yeah. in the great area in our area because Charlie Oder has made a college decision as well. Uh, the Westview standout, uh, Indiana All-Star, 25th all-time point scored. I mean, everything you could list off, this kid's done. Uh, he committed to incarnate Word, Division I school in San Antonio. Uh, but he will first be doing a post-grad program. Now, apparently, this is basically like a uh, – they call it like a fifth year of high school almost where a kid – Kids go, and they basically play. It it feels like a travel team more than anything. And they take some classes, uh, some college-equivalent courses that can count as credits towards a school that you're going to. And you don't lose any NCAA eligibility, though. So Charlie's going to go do this post-grad program for six months, take some classes, get some NCAA credit coursework. And then in the summer of 2021... He'll enroll at Incarnate Word and start playing basketball there for the Cardinals. So it's basically a year to get his body, game, everything ready for the Division One level. It's almost like you're you can redshirt, but you don't have to like lose a year. It's weird. It's like a redshirt year almost. But he's not yeah. Word. He's at this other place.
0: Could they still redshirt him then? I think they could. Yeah. He he could end up taking six years to finish this (laughs) cut.
1: Well, yeah, six years since he graduated from Westview, yeah. So that could happen. Uh, I had never heard of this before Charlie committed yesterday. Oh. Uh, But apparently it is relatively common. Uh, John Wall did it, uh, apparently, before going to Kentucky, which I did not know until my friend told me that he did that. Uh, So, yeah. Um, You know, we were all waiting – For Charlie to announce for months right he he waited till the end of the season I knew he wanted to wait till then uh but it was also like man you're gonna ever announce this thing (laughs) and maybe he waited because he knew he wanted to try this post-grad program uh you know because committing in committing right now with his timeline it's basically like if he committed at the end of his junior season of high school because they will play a fifth year of high school technically next year or right. whatever you call it, and then he'll be a freshman at Carnet Ward. So uh, I was – I don't know if I was surprised by the announcement, uh, Division One, but, but it, it did – I shouldn't say I wasn't shocked, but I was a little bit surprised, I guess. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think – yeah. I kind of expected him to stay a little bit closer to home than San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> That's not very close. Especially after his dad, Rob, resigned as the West Street Boys basketball coach the other day.
1: Yeah, the one thing that kind of stuck out to me when I was talking to Rob on Friday when he resigned was that he said something to the effect of if, you know, Charlie going away to college and he, he might be playing games farther away, he wants to be able to get to that. And I thought that kind of, you know, piqued my interest a little bit because I, I was like, well, Going farther away—that's interesting. Like you know, maybe I thought maybe he meant he could have just meant road games, right? Like if he was playing at Grace, right. for example, and Grace plays in a, a game farther away, Bob wants to get there. But it also set me off a little bit that maybe Charlie is going to go out of state and uh, do that. So, and I had, I had texted Rob uh, throughout April, uh, especially right when the NCAA canceled uh, on-campus recruiting. Uh, for the time being just because of the coronavirus. And I asked him, just like, this has Charlie been affected by that? And he said, yeah, had a couple of visits. He was supposed to go to get postponed or canceled because of this. And he said they were both Division One. So that made me think he was, you know, Division One was on his radar. And he had obviously like a ton of offers from, I think, all levels of, you know, Division oh. One, two, NAIA, it's really uncharacteristic in that regard. I don't know think I've ever really seen a kid gets like so many varying offers in that sense, mm-hmm. right? Like there were all just D1 or just D2, like, you know, he had some D1 and, and NAI, like I, for a long time, I think a lot of people in our area thought he was going to stay local and go to like Wesleyan, you know, Indiana Wesleyan or, or Grace or wherever. Yeah. But incarnate word, um, it sounds like you're saying it wrong, I always want to say incarnate world. It's not. It's word. So I always get that. I always have to fight that every time. i typing it out yesterday a hundred times. I, like, had to fight it every time. It's like, it looks wrong. But uh, they play in the Southland Conference. Um, Southland Conference, most notably, right now, has Stephen F. Austin in it, uh, who has made the tournament a couple times recently. And they beat uh, Duke this past year, Stephen F. Austin did, mm-hmm. uh, in, in, uh, in Durham. Yeah, it's a good conference. Uh, they're gonna have to go up against a tough team. Incarnate actually is coming to play Purdue next season, but Charlie won't be on the roster. Right. Uh, so I wonder maybe if Incarnate will go back to Indiana, maybe Purdue or maybe IU in the future. Um, Incarnate Ward also has uh, Penn alum Drew Lutz on the roster, uh, who just uh, graduated from Penn. Two seasons ago, this is this past year was his first year at Incarnate Word. So we'll have Lutz and Yoder together when Lutz is a junior and Yoder will be a freshman, technically at uh, Incarnate
0: Word. And to uh, yeah. to go back and still a line we used when old Zolman finally made her college selection to go to Tennessee. The happiest person around is probably the mailman because he had to stop he could stop delivering all the offers to her house. <laughs>
1: Come on, Greg. It's emails nowadays, man. Come on. Yeah. They do mail stuff a lot. Yeah, they do. Yeah. I got a ton of mail even when I was like 16, even just general college stuff. Yeah. I was convinced I might go to Miami, and then I looked at the
0: price. and My mom said no. Yep. Yeah. That that one well, ended pretty quickly. That and the, um, and the other the uh, other coaches in the Northeast Corner Conference are probably glad to hear that Charlie's fifth year of high school is not going to be at Westview, so they don't have to worry about guarding him again. I
1: know, yeah. He's uh, I mean, Greg. Obviously, you've been around a long time. Not to age, make you feel old. In your mind of the players you've been able to see live in high school from this area, where does Charlie rank, just roughly in your mind?
0: Oh man, I he would I would have to say he's at least top ten. He's somewhere in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm yeah. talking about i I saw Kemp play. I saw John Ritter play at Goshen. I saw Garvin Robertson play at Elkhart. You know, those are some of the best players I can remember seeing. I saw Jay Miller play at Goshen, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So Charlie would definitely be somewhere in the top ten.
1: Yeah. Obviously, he's got all the numbers to, to back it up, and the points, obviously, are what stick out the most, I think, uh, to finish top 25 and points scored uh, is incredible in state history, you know. Right. And it's you know, Obviously, hindsight being 2020. 20 right now, we he didn't have any really wasn't gonna have any more games this season anyway. But if they were able to get out of that sectional, you know, win the, uh, that sectional, he would have played at least one other game. Maybe could have passed even more guys, gotten to the potentially the top 20. Uh, you know, 91 wins as a varsity starter. Um, to me, the thing that sticks out too is like he's an all-around great player. You know, it's not just scoring. He rebounds well. He assists well. Yeah. He blocks. I mean, he did everything for Westview.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, how many guards do you see average eleven rebounds a game in their senior year? You just don't. He was their point guard
1: basically, and he did the jump balls at the beginning of the game. And right he was their tallest player at six five, I think, on the roster this past year. And so, and that's what he said to me too. It was like incarnate words took out stuck out to him because they're going to use him kind of the way West used him, where he'll play in the post sometimes. So he'll shoot threes. He'll maybe run the point every once in a while. So he liked that aspect of he thinks he'll be able to be a well-rounded player at Incarnate Word, opposed to just standing in the corner and shooting threes.
0: He was well-rounded, but I never went down and checked. But I have a feeling he was probably in the the concession stand at halftime selling hot dogs and popcorn, too. (laughs) He probably was. He
1: probably was. Uh, And he probably did a great job at that, too. I bet you he makes the best hot dogs this side of Mississippi. That's
0: probably right.
1: Yeah, so we're uh, you know, congrats to Charlie. You know, obviously on the announcement and everything, and uh, looking forward to following his career. It Should be interesting to see where he goes and how he does down in San Antonio. And uh, you know, I might have to ask to do a, a visit to him, especially like in January when it's really cold here and not cold in San Antonio. So just going to put that on the table for uh, January twenty twenty two. Think we're going to get that approved in time? I doubt it. Okay. Well, I figured you I doubt it. it. I figured I'd ask. And we also had another Division One commitment last night uh, in the volleyball world here. Fairfield's Madison Steele committed to the University of Evansville for volleyball. I got a story coming up about her later today and uh, in, in Wednesday's paper about her commitment as well. Pretty solid season last year for Fairfield. Uh, she's played really a lot of club volleyball too, which I think uh, her and her high school coach, Brittany Hirschberger, both credited the, the club volleyball aspect uh, right. for her getting this offer to go to Evansville. Uh, she actually has never visited the campus. Uh, she was supposed to visit this spring, but obviously the world, you know, happened. And uh, so, but he, she's very excited to go down to Evansville. Uh, they, the coaches still offered her, you know, a scholarship just from watching tape. You know, that was really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for her. She's only a junior, so she's coming back to Fairfield for her senior year in the fall, and, you know, obviously the Falcons had great team success last year, went to the semi-state. She's probably the top returning offensive player uh, coming into next season. So, but for her, congratulations to her as
0: well. They must have done a really good job of impressing her if they could get her to to commit to the program without ever visiting the campus.
1: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And she did mention to me in our our interview that her her major – I think she wants to study like physical, not like physical education, but like kind of like physical and sports science type of things, sports medicine. And she said that Evansville was just a great is a great school for that. So hmm. that also played into her decision to uh, to go co- to go to be a purple ace. So purple ace, yes, yes. We've had our two volleyball major volleyball commitments this year. have been Bailey Hartsoe to Western Carolina. She's going to be a catamount, and. Uh, Steel to be a purple ace at your Evansville. We are just killing it with these nicknames. I love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's good for them. You know, I'm happy for her. And and uh, you know, again, she's got one more year here at at um, uh, Fairfield. Sorry, it was almost at Lakeland, and I knew that was wrong. So that's where Arzo's at. Uh, yeah. Everyone and anyone who wanted to commit to college committed on Monday night. It was very exciting.
0: Well, not everyone,
1: but. <laughs> Almost everybody. It, not, only, it seemed like there were a plethora
0: of them that day, yes.
1: Yeah. Anything
0: else exciting going on in the sports world right now? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, nationally, they've got the NFL draft. They're continuing on with their draft, even though the COVID virus has shut them down. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was interesting. I was watching the ESPN this morning, and they were talking about the simulated drafts that they ran, the mock drafts that they ran through. They said one of the biggest problems was people forgetting to mute their phones huh. while they were holding conversations so everybody, everybody else could hear what they were saying. And they're going to have to have somebody monitor that during the actual draft so that other teams don't hear what they're discussing about a play. It's like our
1: work conferences when someone just turns off their mic and all of a sudden you can hear them tapping on their table or their car zooming by or nothing outside. She was really good at shirting off her mic though. She's pretty smart about that. So no distractions in the Selman household.
0: So I, I just thought that was
1: funny that they said that was the, of all the
0: glitches they had, that was the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, should
1: be an interesting experience. It starts Thursday night. Uh, Joe Burrow will probably be the number one pick to Cincinnati, and Chase Young will probably be the number two pick to Washington. And then after that, I think it's a, it's a crapshoot for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I've seen so many different mock drafts and where the people think are going to get drafted. Uh, so, but at least in terms of um, locally, if you want to count Notre Dame as local, I guess uh, Irish have probably up to seven players that might get drafted in the next uh, over the course of the draft. Uh, the one I've seen, the one player I've seen that has had the most volatility in terms of projections is Julian Acura, the defensive end. Uh, I've seen him either be a late first-rounder or a late third-rounder. And there's, like, no middle ground, it seems. Spell.com projection, the last one they did on Monday had O'Quarro going 31st to the Houston Texans. And one the Athletic did last week had him going, like, mid-third round. And it's like, so he's either either going first or third. And I think the biggest thing is the injury factor. He got hurt against Duke last year. Uh, He hurt his... I forgot what he injured specifically. I think it was a leg, and uh, you know he missed the last couple games. But he's looked great apparently during drills and you know video and stuff that has been sent to him. And he's obviously a great prospect. He's a big guy, and he kind of he's a <laughs> versatile defensive end. Uh, so if he what if he hadn't been hurt last year, I think he would have. He'd probably be in line to be a first round pick this year. Uh, but him, mean, he still might be obviously. But uh, him has that's just the most volatility, I think, in terms of like we don't really know where he's going to go. So
0: that's what that's what all the guys are right now, the so-called experts saying where they're, where everybody's going to be drafted. That's all they're doing. Right, right. They're just guessing. So I mean, that's what. Yeah, they're basically guessing. You're right. Right,
1: and we love it because there's nothing else to talk about right now. So that's all we talk about <laughs> is where that's right. Who are going to be drafted? Uh, but. The, the more surefire picks of, like, these guys will probably be drafted, uh, it would be a miracle if they weren't. Uh, tight end Cole Komet will probably go. Uh, I've seen some projections with him potentially late first, but more likely second round. Uh, Chase Claypool, the wide receiver, will probably go late second, early third round, and he might be a great value pick.
0: He's a say, he's my dark horse pick in the draft, I think. I, I love Clay. Chase Claypool, he was the guy that always – when Notre Dame seemed to need a big play, he was the guy that stepped up for him.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, just watch the Virginia Tech game from this past year. He caught huge passes on fourth downs to get him down to the the end the goal line. He ran it in for the game-winning score. But uh, he's huge. He's a physical receiver. It seemed like every 50-50 ball that was thrown to him, he caught. It was almost like 90 – it was a 90-10 ball with Claypool. It wasn't 50-50. He does remind you a lot of what Miles Boykin was in Notre Dame. I would expect him to get drafted. And then a lot of the defensive backs are expected to kind of go later. Troy Pride, Alohi Hillman, Jalen Elliott are all projected to be in the fourth through seventh rounds, along with defensive end Khaled Kareem. They might get seven players drafted. I feel pretty confident about most of them. Elliott might be the only one that might not get drafted, but it seems like Pride and Gilman will definitely be drafted somewhere in that fourth, fifth, sixth round area. And same thing with Kareem. And then obviously, Aquora and uh, Komet and Claypool will be anywhere between late first and the third round. Interesting to see where they all fall. So.
0: Right. Not on, not on the NFL draft specifically, but back to the NFL for one thing. Stanford High School graduate and Indiana University <coughs> graduate, Jason Springs signed a one-year deal with the Chicago Bears this past weekend. The Bears. Well, yeah, which is exciting for me as a Bears fan and also to see a local kid playing for the Bears. Right. He, he made a poor
1: mistake in his life and signed with the Packers first, but he has amended that, and now they signed with the Bears.
0: So. And I, I, I had forgotten this until I was reading some stuff about him on the, on the Bears website. The Bears were actually interested in, in drafting him. When he came out of IU, but the Packers actually traded up to draft him like 46, I think, instead of the Bears with the 48 pick.
1: Yeah, should be. I hope he does well. You know makes camp, and we'll see what happens from there. So it's a pretty local guy to see that. All right, Greg. Well, people yelling at us through the silent microphone to wrap it up. I know, she's
0: she's holding her eyes at me, telling her we're running long here. She's holding
1: up note cards and sending messages, and she puts something on me on Instagram. I'm very confused. Uh, So we've got to wrap it up, apparently,
0: Greg. Yep. All right, folks. This will conclude another edition of the Ghost News Sports Podcast, and we will join you again next week. Thanks for listening.